Just like with the last two episodes, I want to put a disclaimer out there for all of our listeners that we will be talking about sexual abuse, which may be triggering to some listeners. So please listen at your own discretion. So this will be part two of talking about the signs that were present in Doreen Vincent's behaviors at the time, the signs of sexual abuse. We've talked about some troubling things, Doreen at her grandmother's house in Florida wanting to swim naked to not get tan lines. We talked about the masturbation in class. Mm-hmm. Doreen having her hands down the front of her pants, her teacher, Tom Panone, seeing her do this a couple of times while in class. Uh, We also talked about the letters. When Doreen was living with her grandparents down in Florida, Mark would send her letters, and Doreen's grandmother, Jane, described these letters as being too mushy. And what is striking about the letters, though, is that we know from Doreen's mother and two aunts that when Mark was in jail, he used to send similar letters to everyone, to Debbie and Carol and Donna. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was almost like if he couldn't be with you physically, then he would be with you uh, via the written word because those letters he was sending from jail, but when he was sending them to the aunts and to Donna, but he was sending them to Doreen in Florida when he couldn't be with her. So today we're going to introduce a new person into this story It's a former classmate of Doreen's, um, who we are going to call Kate, and she is going to give her perspective on some things that seemed a little strange to her at the time when they were kids, um, but even more so now, looking back as an adult. Uh, This is season two, episode 20 of Faded Out. I'm Sarah Dimio. So Jessica Fritz-Aguire is here with me again today, and I just wanted you to explain how you got in touch with this former classmate of Doreen's. I went down to Westwood's Christian Academy in Hamden, which was Doreen's last school, uh, at the end of the seventh grade. Uh, I believe the last day of school was June 8th or June 9th. Uh, it just so happens that the school just closed this past year. They had their last graduation again, like a lot of the things that happen in this story, things close down, people die, um, but they had literally just shut down. So I went to the old building where the administrator was and his assistant and asked for a yearbook. Um, They were able to sit down and go over each child with me in the yearbook. Um, It was really difficult because Doreen was just in the one picture, her own personal photo, but it had been put in the yearbook after the fact, because she wasn't there early enough. I do have to say, because you showed me a photocopy of that page in the yearbook, Mm. and everyone else has your standard school picture where they're sitting in front of a background and the lighting is perfect and everything. Uh, You can tell that Doreen's was just a snapshot that was added later, just taken in like the hallway or something, and the lighting is very poor in it. And she just looks, I think the first thing you said to me when I sent that to you was, oh my God, her face, because she does look like... She looks lost. Yeah, she does. She has this expression on her face where she's not smiling and um, her 
mouth is slightly open and she's just kind of staring, gazing into the camera, looking a little lost. Then that was the first thing I noticed when you showed me that picture. Yeah, it's really jarring. Um, And so I went through the yearbook and they were not able to identify Doreen in any other photos. Um, She was not in the class picture because she wasn't there for for the picture day. So she wasn't with the rest of her class. Uh, And they didn't have any records on her because as a as someone who hadn't graduated from Westwoods, they had destroyed her records. So her, even her records were not available. So what I decided to do was go through each of the, I believe it was about a dozen other kids in her class, seventh and eighth grade, and reach out to them as best I could online. Uh, and Kate responded to me. Okay. And you got to meet Kate in person too. You guys met out somewhere and she shared some of this information with you? I did. We actually went down to a Starbucks. Um, I was surprised that she met with me because I, I think she felt really raw when we met. One of the first things that she said in her email was, um, Doreen and I were friends, but she always said some very weird and strange things. And she never knew if they were true or not. But she was looking forward to discussing them with me because I don't think she's ever had any closure. She was just 12 at the time as well. All those years, I would periodically say, gosh, whatever happened to Doreen? And it's funny because just back in January, like over the Christmas break, my husband and I were having breakfast in a breakfast restaurant somewhere. And I saw someone that looked like Doreen. And I remember saying to my husband, you know what, she reminds me of my friend who went missing. And I was telling him all about her and the stories that she used to tell us. And I said, God, I wonder what happened to her. And I got on my phone and I Googled. And I came across an article about your podcast. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my God, they're Mm -hmm. doing some kind of investigation. I said, maybe I should call them. And then I thought, you know what? No, I'm not going to stick my nose into something. And I said, no. They'll call me eventually. (laughs) No, I just figured, you know what? No, I mean, that's what I've been doing, I bookmarked it on my phone, and I just, and that was back in January. Mm -hmm. And then I got this email from you like two weeks ago, and I swear I almost fell out of my chair because I was thinking, all right, that's kind of a sign because here I was thinking about reaching out to you guys. And so there she was, and she was actually very excited to be talking to you that day. Yeah, again, Doreen has really been, I keep saying this, faded out is the phrase, because except for Donna and her family, um, she hasn't really lived on in anybody's memory. And it was really nice to have someone that I could speak to about this little girl in a way that was different from seeing her as a victim, that was different from seeing her... um, you know, as a mystery, she was her friend. And we just talked about the yearbook and uh, the photocopy that you had shared with me and the picture of Doreen that we saw. And coincidentally, here is Kate talking a little bit more about the yearbook. Doreen came to our school for a very short period of time. I don't remember how long, a couple months maybe, but she came in late in the school year. Okay. Um, I was, a, a, we were in seventh grade. And I went to a public school before that. So I was new to the school as a seventh grader. Okay. And maybe we connected because we were both new. I don't know. But she came at the end of the seventh grade for oh, okay. part of the year. She wasn't there for an entire year. And actually, it's funny. I actually brought my yearbook. Oh, I was just going to say, I brought you your yearbook, too, because yeah. I have this. Because you sent me that picture. Which is how I, I found went, you guys. Yeah. I know. And mm. I went and got out my yearbook. So there's Doreen right there. Mm. Oh, my God. It's hard to read. But she says, have a great summer. See you around. Love, Doreen. Oh, my God. 
um, yeah, we were we were good friends. Because I was new to the school, mm-hmm. and here's someone who is newer than me, we yeah. gravitated to each other. Right. You know, like she was she was totally new, kind of, and there were clicky girls. There were some girls here that were really clicky and annoying that I didn't get along with. <laughs> there always are. Because I was the nerd, you know, and so we kind of gravitated towards each other. Yeah, so it was really jarring to see Doreen's words on the page because it's all been memories, like I said before, passed down from Donna and Debbie and Carol, but to actually see that this girl had been physically present and just had done something mundane, like write in a yearbook, mm-hmm. have a great summer, see you around, love Doreen. You, you can hear me in the clip. I'm I'm blown away. I kind of sat back in my chair. There's something very... Um personal or makes it personal I think about seeing somebody's handwriting too um to to know that to know that they touched something it's sort of the same feeling that I got when I touched her jacket Mm -hmm. um there's just something very moving about being able to touch something that they touched right and I but I feel like on the flip side of that as well when she showed me the yearbook and I saw the words, I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be something, you know, foreshadowing or something very harrowing or something very insightful. And no, she was just a seventh grade kid. Mm-hmm. See you around, love Doreen. Um, one of the really important things to take note of was the last day of school was either June 8th or June 9th. So remember the timeline that we're talking about? It was, it, it puts her in a place. I know where she was on a certain day. I know exactly what she was doing and I can see it in my head. Um, it, it's, it's important for me to try to see all that together because, you know, we had played around with the notion that maybe she wasn't in school for the last little bit as they moved to Wallingford, but no, she was there. She was there with her friend. But she always looked so much older. Like she had beautiful hair. She always had it up in this big clip. She always just had perfect like makeup. I mean, she just looked so much older. In seventh grade, I mean, you're developing. You're not really. But she she looked much older than us. She did. She looked very mature. That's why I always thought she was like 14 Mm -hmm. or 15. Because she was just, just so like voluptuous and just grown up looking yeah you know what i mean i don't know if you could tell from that picture but she had big thick hair yeah you know i mean just gorgeous she always had it up in like a banana clip just she just looked grown up that's something we hear about doreen all the time is that she was so beautiful and that just seems to be a really big memory that pretty much everyone who we've spoken to who knew her remembers about her Yeah, really strikingly beautiful. And not to say that anybody deserves coverage or to be mourned more because of what they look like, but it's always puzzled me that she was such a striking, gorgeous young girl. And it seems to us, at least, like nobody's really caught on to the story or paid attention until we started asking questions. Um, You know, this beautiful, vibrant little girl goes missing, and then it's almost like she just faded from memory. Well, exactly. And well, it's like I mentioned at the intro too. there were things that Kate heard from Doreen at the time that she thought were strange and bizarre. But now as an adult, 31 years later, uh, she realizes just how how strange some of the things were that Doreen talked about. Knowing what I know now as an adult, looking back, it's the signs were all there. It was completely obvious. Mm -hmm. But as a 12 year old kid, 
you know, you just see this girl who looks really pretty. She clearly has the attention of boys. She's very popular. She had a very loud voice. Like, she almost had, like, that Brooklyn type of voice, that raspy, adult kind of throaty voice. You know what I mean? And it was like she commanded your attention when you were with her. Yeah. And so she just had, like, this, this personality that was just larger than we were right you know I, I was very timid and she was definitely a much stronger personality yeah, but you hit it off with her yeah you were right well plus it was such a small room she didn't have many people to <laughs> pick from were um you think the boys were interested i you know i can only guess i mean it it just that was her style you know yeah. but it was also a christian school so there was none of that no hanky panky going on in school yeah yeah it's funny because I just, I had to giggle the first time that I heard that audio when t- she talked about Doreen had a very raspy Brooklyn yeah, we kind know of that voice. voice. I was like, I, I think I know what voice you're talking about. <laughs> well, like I said, too, if you listen to the Jane clips, Jane really sounds like a, a total blend of Carol, Debbie, and Donna. Um, and that's nice, too, because I don't think the women have ever thought to reference Doreen's voice before. And it's, again, you're there with her in the room and she's this commanding presence. Um, It's upsetting and sad to hear because she's not with us, but it's also, it's nice in a way. Did she have a problem with attendance? I think she did. Like that, like that kind of rings a bell. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, you're pulling memories out of a brain from 30 years ago, so they could be fake. You know, I don't, I don't know. They yeah, could be wrong could be. memories. Or, you know, but, or if think about it and then call me but, or email me. No, but you. that that rings a bell that she she was not consistently in school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you remember if she was at school at the end? That's what I'm trying to think. Well, she must have been because she signed the yearbook. We did she sign the yearbook. We did the yearbook signing at the end of school. It's like, like the last couple days, yeah, right? Yeah, because that's you didn't get your yearbook till the, till the end of school, and then you went around and got all the signatures before people went away for the summer. That's kind of indicative of everything that we've heard so far is that Doreen was always moving around, and it was like she never completed a full school year at any of the schools that she got put into. Right, and sometimes she's in New York, sometimes she's in Connecticut, sometimes she's in Florida, which. Like I said at the beginning, it's nice to put Doreen in a classroom on a certain day. I know exactly where she is because the rest of it uh, gets kind of murky. Um, We met Tom Pannone at the Gouveia gathering last week, the um, teacher who had seen her in uh, Bridgeport. And I think I said I introduced him to everyone as Doreen's fourth grade teacher. And he said no fifth, but she came in the middle of the year and she left before the end of the year. It's it's a real hodgepodge of where she was and when. Now, before we continue on with Kate, I want to share this audio that we have of Doreen's grandmother, Jane, talking about the time that Doreen lived down in Florida with her. She, she used to play with the kids next door. Mm-hmm. Were they, um, do you remember how old they were? Were they about her age? One was, and the other one was younger. 
Okay, and that kind of sounds similar to what we heard with uh, Joe Murad. Right. Um, Doreen's uncle, who is only about five years older than her, um, that she would do spiteful things. Like, we heard Jane in the last episode talk about how Doreen was bitter for... Um, just having been suddenly moved all the way down to Florida. This, it, it seems like there's a bit of a pattern going on with Doreen's behavior The once she was shipped down to Florida. Yeah, and I listened to some of Joe Murad's audio today. He understands now why Doreen was bitter, but at the time when she came down, he was a young teenager. Uh, he mentions that, he saw Doreen almost like a rival as a threat to his mother's affections. He was the baby. They had gone down to Florida with just Joe. Um, and he was very quick to point out he didn't think Jane's picture was as accurate because it wasn't as grim as she tried to make it to be. That he he said he gave just as good as he got. But there definitely was that rivalry. But he also pointed out to me, how would you feel? if you had been with your mother and your father and now you're with your grandmother in an entirely different state and you're joining this family that you don't really know that well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just hard. I mean, of course she was bitter. Of course she was upset. But I think that there's something more to this though, that we want to share now uh, because it's one thing to say that Doreen mm-hmm. was angry and bitter about being moved all over the place. Uh, But now we want to share with you a little more that Jane decided to divulge with you regarding the boys next door. She was very much sexually active, I can tell you right now. Doreen was? Yes. What do you mean? She was sexually active, you know, at an early age. Like having sex with people? She had sex with the boy next door that lived next door to us in Florida. She did. That's so... You didn't know that, did you? No, I didn't. Okay, she did. I don't know if you should tell Donna that or not. I think that would hurt her feelings. Okay, yep. She then... probably knows that she might know it. Okay. Okay? Okay. And the kid hated her after that. He hated her because she knew everything what to do. Now, how would she know what to do if she wasn't shown and taught? Right. Think about it. Of course. Of course. So... That's how, you know, I could kind of, that's how I sort of put things together, how she knew what to do with this kid, because this kid was ignorant. He knew nothing about sex. I think he was only 10, 10 years old. Okay. In other words, she she seduced him. At her age, she she did that. Can you imagine? Well, I think she was seeking it out. You know what I mean? Actually, absolutely. Yeah, she was lashing out. I understand. Now I do, but I didn't then, you know. I didn't know about that until later. How did you find that out? Uh, somebody told me, and I can't recall who it was. I don't, I think it was my son. Okay. He told me. She must have said something to him. Okay. You know, I think she either she said, I think she said it to him. I'm not positive. Don't hold me to that. Okay. I'm not sure. But I did find out about it. Okay. And he he wanted no part of playing with her anymore. He hated her. Because, I don't know, he just, I guess, and they were, they were strict Catholics. Yeah. You know, and that kind of, I guess that kind of hurt his 
pride or whatever. Yeah, I think it's embarrassing, right? If a girl yeah, he was he was he was mortified. I guess he was really I guess he was embarrassed. He didn't want to, he didn't want to play with her. He wouldn't even come over. He would not play with her at all. But the younger one would come over, he'd be fine. You know. Of course I didn't know I had no clue. I mean you go outside and play with the kids, you know, you don't think they're gonna do something like that. Yeah. That age? You know? No. Oh, no. Geez. Well, that's the other thing, like, you know, um how old do you think Doreen was or at the, when she did that? Eight or nine. Eight or, eight or nine. Okay. Yeah, she was living with me then. So she, so I don't think they, do you think they had sex? She probably couldn't have had sex with him, but you're saying like, did sex, she, go ahead. I don't know how far, I don't know exactly how far, well, how it all materialized. I really don't know because I wasn't there, but he didn't want no part of her again, you know. Yeah. I guess he didn't like the idea of it, you know. He he was embarrassed. I guess he was embarrassed and he didn't want to deal with her. Yeah. Was that his brother, the other kid? Yeah, it was his brother. Okay. Do you know their Do you know their names at all? Do you remember their names? Not really. No. Okay. They moved soon after. They didn't stay there. Okay. You know, I don't know. Do um, do you think Debbie and Carol know that story? I think I think they might. I okay. think they do. I don't know. If, I think Donna might know it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. That I don't know. So I just want to make a point here that um, you can hear me sort of struggling for words in that clip. That's really hard to hear. And I need to point out that at the beginning of that conversation, Jane said the boys next door didn't like her. And again, that ran into what I had heard about Doreen being mean and spiteful and bitter. It wasn't until later in the conversation that she brought up the attempted sex or the sex. And I think that's been part of the journey on this is when we speak to people, they don't necessarily bring up the darkest or the worst details until they establish some trust with us. Um, so I know that was probably really hard for Jane to say, and I thank her for that. And then later, I did have a chance to talk to Debbie and Joe about it, um, and both of them cast doubt on that story. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure where Jane heard it, but there is a lot of, I guess, murkiness around that story because it's a really hard one for that family to tell, and Doreen is not here to vouch for herself of course um and it just seems to me that i'm leaning towards believing that story because it it seems to me that jane wouldn't be telling that story unless she had it on good authority and i you know again i commend her for being able to come forward and share it we also have more insight from karen calcaterra the licensed clinical social worker, psychotherapist that we've heard from in the last two episodes. So I want to share her take on this matter. There was another story that the grandmother told me that Doreen's uncle, who's about five years older than her, Mm -hmm. um, I think doesn't necessarily agree with. But I guess when Doreen was in Florida... There were two little boys who lived next door, one of whom was Doreen's age, Mm -hmm. roughly. And the grandmother just kept saying, 
They hated her. They hated her guts. They hated Dorian's guts and not being specific. But then later on in the conversation, she told me that Doreen tried sexual advances on one of them. Common. Um, I don't know if she said had sex. I mean, I think Doreen was nine, so I don't know what kind of possibility we're talking about. But um, the boy wasn't able to perform because he was a little kid. Right. And so she then humiliated him sexually. Right. Okay. That That's typical behavior of a, of a sexually abused child. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I figured, right? Like, sure. is it because they are acting out? Is yeah. it because they don't know what's correct? Both. They're acting out. They're, they desire sexual stimulation now because it's sort of been activated by another person. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's no boundaries. Okay. There are no boundaries for that child, so that child doesn't dis- doesn't re- per, uh, respect anybody's boundaries either. Okay. It's, you know, you and I know that you don't walk up to a stranger and put your hands down their pants, but right. a child that has that done to them all the time doesn't understand that. And I want to get back to Kate a little bit because there's something that Kate shared with you that came up in her conversations with Doreen that... Um, was a little troubling, and I think that it kind of fits in with all of this. Because you said you didn't think that she had ever had sex, or maybe she did. Well, she talks about boys like she had experience, but we didn't know how experienced, or if it was just like doing things with boys. Okay. You know, but she definitely ta- had more knowledge about boys than the rest of us did. Are we talking about like talking about body parts, or talking about actual sex, or not to sound graphic, but I feel yeah. like I have memories of her uh, knowing what blowjobs were all about. Okay. Um, and like we didn't know what they were at that point. Um, yeah. Like I just remember her knowing all kinds of stuff that we didn't know. It's a little difficult to hear in that clip um, because obviously you're in a public place and it's loud, but you're also trying to be discreet. Um, but if you heard it in there, um, Kate mentioned that at that time, at 12 years old, Doreen knew what a blowjob was. Yeah, and for me. Again, Doreen is three years older than me, and I went to the same type of school, very small Catholic school, small classrooms with seventh and eighth grade together. And I'm just trying to put myself in seventh grade. I mean, I don't think that I knew what a blowjob was. I think if I did at that time, I would have been completely blown away and disgusted. Mm -hmm. Um, If I remember girls knowing more than the rest of us did. And now that I look back, obviously, in light of what we're discussing, that raises a lot of questions for me and and maybe some things that I should sit and think about. But yeah, if you were a seventh grade girl at that time and you were bringing up stuff you knew about sex, you were going to get eaten alive by Mm -hmm. the boys and the girls. And I don't, it doesn't seem that Doreen had those worries that a typical child would have. Well, yeah, because I think back on my own childhood, too, and um, and it's a similar situation with me. I went to parochial schools all my mm-hmm. life, and I always had, like, a small number of people in my class. And whenever um, somebody would, you know, talk about sex, um, they, would, they would be instantly ridiculed, pretty much, yes. because it was disgusting and gross, and nobody had done it, and nobody actually, you know, everybody thinks they know what, know what it is at that time, but nobody actually does. Um, and I think back on 
some kids that I knew in my class who were kind of exhibiting similar signs too. And it's like, mm -hmm. this whole story makes me look back on those situations and be like, like, wow, I actually, I had a classmate who years ago when I was a very small child exhibited similar signs mm -hmm. too. And it's like, when I hear it compared against some of the memories that people have of Doreen, it's, you know, these, it, it's too many items to be coincidences. Right. And especially, um, you know, when Doreen was living in Florida, we already determined in the last episode, she was about eight years old at that time. Um, that's yeah. Eight year olds don't seek out sex and try to not only seek it out, but try to, um, instruct the other child on how to perform sex and then taunt them when they don't yeah. get it right. Right. Um, yeah, I remember having a classmate who developed very quickly and we would go walking home, home from school. She lived close by. And I remember specifically one time she said, you know, she pulled her shirt down low so that she had cleavage. And she said, let's walk by these construction workers. You can get them to yell really gross things at you if you try hard enough. And I thought I was grossed out, but I was also curious to see what that looked like and, and, and scared, too. Uh, and I, I think I know now based on just other things that I've learned that she had been sexually abused as a child, but I didn't know that. I just thought, wow, she's really brave and really pretty and brazen. I think that that's something that even Kate, who at that time, it, she certainly didn't realize it at the time, too. I think she had, you know, similar to what you just described, sort of like, oh, Doreen is just this cool really beautiful and like she mentioned it already that uh she thought Doreen was older than she was and maybe stayed back a few years because she always looked older than she was right. and you know we mentioned in a lot of episodes uh the underwear photos uh that were taken and you did talk about that with Kate um so here's another clip of Kate um sort of touching on that subject but she always looked so much older. Like she had beautiful hair. She always had it up in this big clip. She always just had perfect like makeup. I mean, she just looked so much older. And she used to tell us she had an agent who took her to New York City all the time for photo shoots. And when we told whoever it was, we told, I don't know, I thought it was police or investigators and maybe someone else, but they said, no, that was never true. Talking about um, going on photo shoots mm -hmm. to New York City and Doreen had talked about that she actually had an agent that she was a model. Right. And she had an agent and went to the city being New York City to go on photo shoots. And that came out when I walked into that Starbucks that day. I didn't know what Kate was going to tell me. I just got the email with a few lines in it about some weird stories that Doreen had told Kate. And I didn't know what to be prepared for. Uh, the agent aspect took on a whole new meaning for me, given what we already knew, what's been reported in the paper. But that was my first time hearing that there was a model um, aspect to it. What I remember is that whatever we told them about this whole underwear model and an agent, because she told us she had an agent and she had been a model for years. Yeah. And they told us that wasn't true. Okay. That they had no evidence of that. Okay. But again, I was 12. So I don't know. Right. If we were misunderstanding them, I, I don't. I don't know. But well, it's also I think twelve-year-olds are so much more grown up these days uh -huh. than they were in '88. Didn't have any, you know, internet. You could have Googled her and found out. Like right. that's absolutely not true. But you can say anything you want in 1988, right? right. 
Um, would she, she repeated that a lot. So. She used to tell us all the time. Yeah. And she would tell us, oh, yeah, this weekend I went to New York. We had a photo shoot. It was <clears> great. <throat> you know, I have another one planned for such and such. You know, I'm, I've been a model for you. I mean, she used to brag about it. We used yeah. to think that she was just making up stories. So, yeah. I don't know, you must have read about it, but her dad was taking photos of her in her underwear. Oh, yeah. no, I didn't know. Yeah, he, he did. I did not know that. He did. Um, wow. And so, I mean, did she ever talk about him at all? Did she talk about her parents at all? I can't remember. I remember, I thought she said her agent was a man. Okay. I mean, I remember her saying, I always thought it was like an uncle or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, I only knew her for a couple of months, but this is just what girls talk about when there's eight people in your class, ten people in your <clears> class, you, you talk about whatever, you know. But he was taking photos of her in her underwear. Like so that's, how did they find that out? Like, because he told people. So um, so that corroborates my memories then mm-hmm. of, of what she used to tell us. But she told us she did it since she, I remember her saying since she was like six. Mm-hmm. You know, so like since she was a little, little girl, she'd been a model like a... Like Did you see any of that underwear stuff in the newspaper accounts, if you Googled anything? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Because that was, um, I mean, we, it was funny when you talk about pulling stuff from your mind. Because when we first met the mom and the aunt, they are like, oh, he used to take pictures of her in her underwear. And I thought, yeah, right. Like, mm-hmm. um and then we did some more digging. A lot of these articles are paper only, like they're not digitized. And we went digging and, you know, sure as anything, he's telling, he told private investigator, Doreen's mom, and the cops that he was taking photos of her. And I wonder if it's because, because I remember telling people that she told us she was an underwear model. Yeah. So maybe they questioned him and he admitted to it. I don't know. Um, well, he told other people too. And there's a whole backstory on how he was. Uh, there's again, I need to boil it down as much as possible because remember, people's memories are just like yours, right? Yeah. His memories are really fuzzy. But um, the whole big thing about how he was maybe telling her that there was no film in the camera, but she, he did have. I mean, posing is a word. Um, that's oh yeah, I mean, she would. Yes, I remember her being very graphic about photo shoots. She'd call them. What do you mean graphic? Well, like positions they put her in. You know what I mean? We were like, you, we, we were just so shocked yeah. that she would do this. But she was like, this is what models do, you know? Like, that was like, the kind of thing she would say. Was it, like, pornographic? Yeah. Was it, yeah. Well, some of them, no. Some of them, she would say that she would just, like, stand there, you know, and smile. You know, and, around her. and other times... Like posing with her like and things like that, but but with her underwear on. Yeah. Like she she never told us she did naked shoots. So um, again, that was a little difficult to hear because there's a lot of background noise and you're trying to be discreet. But at the very end there, um, Kate was talking a little bit about the poses that Doreen talked about, and at some point, um, Doreen with these underwear photos, whoever was taking them. Doreen had her legs open. Um, she yeah. was never nude. It was always in her underwear, but at some at some certain positions that they put her in were a little more compromising than others. And this hits me so hard. This is going to sound so awful, but right when you brought us this case, Sarah, the underwear photos were in the in the mix from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And we said to ourselves, oh, my God, of course he did something. There's underwear photos. And this is going to sound awful, but we have sort of just come to recognize underwear photos as 
a piece of the puzzle. When I sat down with her that day and as I listen to that now, I mean, I feel I'm sick. I'm physically sick listening to it. Mm-hmm. Six years old, an agent posing with her legs open. I don't know what can get more disgusting than that. And I and I ask you, um, is the agent Mark? Uh, are there more than one? Per- is there more than one person well, involved in this? It, that's the thing that I want everybody to keep in mind here. The entire story, the entire angle of the story that Kate just brought to us with this episode. Um, the, the stories that Doreen was telling was not simply that, you know, that her dad was taking photos of her in her underwear, because as you heard in that clip, Kate didn't, didn't even know that. Um, the stories that Doreen was telling was that she had an actual agent and had one since she was six years old and has been an underwear model posing in her underwear for all that time, even taking trips across the border into New York City to go on these photo shoots. And those other little girls are sitting there shocked. Uh, When I went to go get that yearbook at Westwoods, you know, the assistant said to me, oh, you probably want to talk to some of the other girls. And we gave each other kind of a wink and a nod. And I said, oh, seventh grade girls talk, don't they? And she said, yeah, I had no idea I was going to hear anything like that. I thought, you know, maybe something about... Mark not necessarily being the best father, not even with regard to abuse, but this continues to hit me in my gut every time I hear it. It's it's terrible. Um, and I've I've talked to people and we've done this from the beginning, Sarah. We walked into Donna's house and the women said we think she might have been pregnant. Mm-hmm. And we thought, oh, my God, absolutely not. Uh, then you and Joe and I started to discuss uh, maybe there might have been a trafficking aspect to this before I talked to Kate. Um, and I think you said something like, I don't want to go down the sex ring rabbit hole again. Yeah, because I didn't. And because it didn't seem to me it, at that time that early and in our telling of the story, it just seemed like such a major leap at that point. And I, quite frankly, didn't want to go down that rabbit hole again just to end up nowhere. Um, well, it's a, but, it's a hard place to go to. It's, and it's plus, it's like, it's just hard. that, yeah, because that early in the game, you don't immediately jump to, um, you know, trafficking rings and things like that. But now we have an old classmate here um, who is telling us firsthand that Doreen bragged about going on photo shoots in another state because we're in Connecticut Correct. and she's saying that she went across the border into New York City to do these photo shoots and that she's been doing it since she was six years old. At that point, that's half her life. And, right. um, you know, and she wouldn't think anything was wrong with it. Yeah, if it was right. She's been groomed. Yeah. And talking about some of the poses, too, and just the moment that Kate started talking about some of the poses, I mean, that to me, that is what hit me in my gut when I just kind of to hear her describe that. It's it's just so awful. And the, the agent thing, she's very Doreen is very careful. If it was Mark, she doesn't say my father, because if it was Mark, she knows not to say that or it was someone else. We still don't know. But uh, I just I think of weekend trips with this little girl to New York with an older man and I, I I'm sick. Mm-hmm. When the friend originally told me this, 
the first words out of her mouth were, Doreen said she was a model in New York. And then, a couple minutes later, the specific underwear detail came out, to which the girls responded, that's disgusting, you actually model, because they were 12 right. years old. Of course. You model in your underwear, and she said, it's not a big deal, I've been doing it since I was six years old, that's what underwear models do. Right. So, go back to what you just said. That's what 12-year-olds say. That's gross. Yeah. Except this one 12-year-old who's talking about doing this and almost bragging about it, if she was a healthy, psychologically healthy child, why would she say that? Right. She wouldn't. She would say, ooh, gross. You know, that wouldn't be something she would think of to brag about. Well, and try to change their minds on, too. Sure. But it's also, in my mind, as a therapist, I would see it as a way to confess without confessing. So I think that what Karen is saying there is that somewhere deep down inside of her, Doreen knew that this, that there was something wrong about this. Yeah. And this was her way of justifying it to her friends and making it seem, trying to, trying to bounce it off of her friends to make herself feel better about it. Right. And they weren't in a position to be able to do anything real about it because they were I guess struck by her presence they weren't old enough to know any better and she convinced them that it was just something a sophisticated young girl does that's what models do we will be continuing this conversation in our next episode I'm Sarah Dimio see you next time